Welcome to Pick Up Your Sticks, where we talk about why gaming matters, with your hosts, Brett Lindley and Walker Near. I'm Brett, and today we talk about what motivates us to play games, befriending Australian developers, and what Sudoku is like with mods. Hey, Walker, what's made you pick up your sticks this week? Hey, what's going on, man? Uh, I feel like I've played a lot of stuff, and, and then, I, but then the only thing I can think of is World of Warcraft. <laughs> but I don't think that's true. So let's see. So I've played... Have I talked about my time at Porsche yet? I think you talked a little bit about it. And okay. then, so I know you had a factory town I was going to say, stint. I, yeah, I did a little factory town. And it was kind of, I, I remember, I, I know I described that little town builder that I'd played a little bit. Um and how I played it for a day and then just kind of got like, mm, nah, I don't really care anymore. Right. The same kind of thing happened with Factory Town. Um, Factory Town, for those that don't know, is kind of a city colony sim game, but with a heavier emphasis on factory logistics type setup. And you've actually played this yeah. much yeah, more than I, I have. I it, it really is like a Factorio meets like a Stone Hearth or yeah. I'm trying to think of the other like towny simulator ones that have been more popular. I know I want to reference towns, but I just right, don't think that no, people yeah <laughs> too niche. like Odd Realm, Populous. Like yeah. <laughs> I don't know how far back to go. Yeah, because it's so the thing that kind of separates it from most of those other games is that most of those, and I don't want to call them. The problem with City Sim is that it's not like Sim City right. or a game where you're managing a really large population. It's not an anno, right? Right. Um, however, it, it, so the other the colony Sims, as we'll call them, usually have a really strong emphasis on the individuals that make right because you have like usually a hundred or less meeples of mm -hmm. some sort and then but they usually all have stats right and they all have to be like fed and they have to have housing and like oxygen not included or uh right. the, the super brutal dark souls of <laughs> uh, banished banished yeah i always forget the name of that all i all i think i can vision all i is envisioning snow covered houses yeah because that's <laughs> yeah um yeah, so so Factory Town is sim more similar in scale to those others, the, the, to like a, a Banished or, or something like that. However, it has none of the emphasis on the individual workers. Like the workers, you place a worker on the map to then assign them a job, but if you automate that job, then the worker doesn't need to stay on the map. And you can eventually, I believe, get to a point where maybe there's no workers running around or if there are there well only and thing. there are other items that cost workers like a cart costs a worker and it's just a faster like it can't mine things but it can deliver four items at a time right so it and, carries four right and i think the covered wagon i think costs like two workers or something i don't i could be off on it's been a while since i played well and then all the buildings like so you build like a logging camp well that in order to build the logging camp, you have to have a worker. Available. Oh yeah, that's right. And you can also speed up the production of it by increasing the number of workers assigned to it. Correct. And but your population does grow by the number of houses you have. And to get more houses, you have to upgrade like a town square. Mm -hmm. And to upgrade that, you usually have to have a certain amount of trade goods or whatever, which are the things that you 
automate right. to make. But like in Banish, the people have jobs and all of that, but then the, the mm -hmm. people still individually go to their job right. and then return to their home. That doesn't happen. Anymore. No, yeah. You just build a factory and it consumes one arbitrary unit of population. They're just a resource. Right, exactly. Um, but the, the houses, that's why it's such an interesting blend because the houses still have, there's still like a happiness rating. Yep. In that, so the houses, so I'm doing a bunch of air quotes now, the the population demands like certain kind different foods and different trade resources like uh, clothing or whatever the case may right. be. Except again, they're not actually consuming that. You don't actually see anyone. But there is some stuff where them. like you get a maximum number of houses that can be covered by a marketplace. Like you can deliver goods to just houses which will really slowly increase your happiness or only increase happiness for that house. Mm -hmm. Or you can deliver your goods to a market, which increases the happiness to all houses connected to that market. Right. And the, the houses will also consume goods based on their demand. So if you only deliver apples to the market, well, if there's 10 houses attached to it, they can only consume like 10 apples a turn or whatever every couple few seconds. But if you deliver like a higher demand good, it may satisfy their need for fruits and vegetables. Like if you deliver like apple jam, then they'll stop taking the apples until the apple jam is gone. Mm. And like so there's there's and there's different there's a market for each of the type of trade goods. I think there's like four or five tiers of trade good. Mm -hmm. There's like food. And Small, a general store. Yeah, like a general store, like nails and wood. Mm -hmm. um, there's a magic store, an apothecary, yeah. so there's yeah. medicine stuff. Blue coins, red coins. Yeah, and each one gives you a coin type that you gain from selling those items, and you use those coins to... It costs certain coins to run, like, mines and things, so for, like, every coal or you dig out of a mine it costs one red coin or something well and also like if you want to you can terraform the land but in order to like raise or flatten the land that has a coin cost associated right. with it, which actually gets very expensive very quickly mm -hmm. so i couldn't remember the name of the other game i talked about but it's called foundation that was the oh other yeah game that i talked about that i'd played and it, it kind of has it's kind of similar in that it's based on you having a market and there's multiple types of market stalls and the population demands different goods. A lot of those, a lot of the games, Anno has a similar kind of thing. A lot of those right. games have that kind of mechanic to it. So again, Factory Town's interesting because it's an interesting blend of, again, like you said up front, kind of a, a Factorio logistics sim. Yeah, I mean, they legit just have conveyor belts and, right. you know, but they also have some interesting systems with like gravity fed shoots and stuff. So you can yeah. build like very vertically and like, your houses can be stacked on top of each other as long as they have supports. So you mm. can build these very weird Victorian steampunky kind of towns where six houses in a factory are all in like a five by five square. That's 20 squares high or something. Right. Well, and the like, thing is, is that like the, the, the other thing you can do is you can move buildings at any time. Oh Yeah. It, it'll which Anno actually features that as well, which I think is really nice. But unlike most of the other games in this genre or you know subgenres, <laughs> um, you're not really as on the hook for where you put stuff initially. Like if you need a new building, you can just plop it down, and if an hour later you realize, oh, 
it actually makes more sense to organize them in this way. You can just do that. And- yeah, you, you will end up either reorganizing or just starting over when you have to. It, I, the problem I ran into with that game more than not was like resources being in the way. Like yeah. Factorio, you have this like you need more of it. You eventually run out of your first iron and coal, right? Mm-hmm. But in in Factory Town, you do eventually run out of stuff, and when you do, it's a big problem because sometimes the stuff is really spread out. But in the beginning, there's just so many trees and rocks and water in your way, and you can't afford to terraform it. You can't afford to get rid of it and just nuke it. You have to just try to... And there's so much of each one, it feels like, that you can't mine them out. You can have, like, 50 workers, and one piece of stone can have, like, 3,000 stone in it, and that's just going to last you forever. Until you're in the late game, and then you start flying through all this stuff. Yeah, you can... And it does feature options, though, where you can, like, delete a resource node if you want, and, and stuff like that as well. And, yeah, like, the gravity stuff you're talking about is interesting because it... It it doesn't allow it. Like if you, if you're building a chute across a flat piece of land, you can build the chute as long as you want and the stuff will roll down it. And that's fine. And if you go down a hill, that's fine. But if you try and build a chute that goes up a hill, it just won't work. Now a conveyor belt you could do. Yeah. And it will carry it up. But the chute I won't. think it can go up if it has enough speed. Like if it's gone uh, down three, it can go up one. I think I could be totally wrong on that, but I think mm-hmm. if it it has to go down enough though, you can't just go down one and get up another one. But huh. no, I thought it, I mean it was a decent game when I played it. I haven't played any of the new patch stuff. There's been a number of patches that I've seen the updates on that I haven't played through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been updated several times, and yeah, to the developers' credit, they're they're continuing to improve it and change things and try and you know make it better. I, the last time I played it was like July, um, so there'd been several updates since I had last seen it. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's definitely a neat little game. I again, I, I kind of got into the point playing it the day I was where I played it for several hours straight, and then was just kind of like. I don't really know why I'm continuing other than the sake of continuing. Like, there wasn't really, there wasn't really a, an adversity to face or like right. a failure condition. And to be fair, that doesn't have to be the case. I mean, Stardew Valley is one of my favorite games of all time. It, there is no failure condition in Stardew Valley and there is no real adversity that you face other than your own desires to min max or whatever. Right. You know. um, so I don't think that that's in any, I don't, I guess my point is just, I don't mean to knock factory town in any way. I think it's a, a lovely little game, and I think I just was, I don't know. I, what actually had happened was the day before that, I'd played WoW Classic for 18 hours straight. <laughs> and the next day when I woke up, I logged back in, and I I wasn't excited to play, which rightfully so, probably. Yeah. But I, I was like, eh, I don't know if I feel like doing this or not. And then, I, and then the thought crossed my mind, like, well, if you just keep leveling this character, you're almost to your mount. And then it kind of dawned on me that that's the that is the reason I can't can't play MMOs is when I start tying in game accomplishments to me feeling some real life sense of accomplishment, right? Uh, and not because it's like a loser move or something. To be fair, a ton of people that is the enjoyment that they get out of MMOs is like oh, I'm going to go get this new raid piece of gear. I got it. Oh, my God, that's so exciting that I got it. And they really do feel happy. Yep. And that's awesome. I just personally, 
have not had that experience. Whenever I've chased something in an MMO for a long time, only only to ultimately get it, it's actually just never that satisfying. Um, it's kind of a, oh, go ahead. No, I mean, I I was gonna. I know we kind of had this a similar conversation earlier, but I I was gonna equate it to like, for me, that's like building a house in Minecraft or something, like. But I do feel a sense of accomplishment. I'm like, I finally finished it. I, I even decorated the interior. Like, I feel like that's... I think the difference is that in Minecraft, you know, now certainly if you were just... And I think actually this would be true if you did this. In Minecraft, there's there's an element of creativity to it. And, and I know that, like, for some of the stuff you've built, you've shared that you've, you know, looked up other people's builds to kind mm-hmm. of use as a reference and stuff. But in the end, you're still making it your own. And you're still choosing... Kind of, but I'm, like, changing the color of one thing and swapping stairs out for the modded, like, tile roof that I have. Like, everything else was block by block, at least for, like, the tower and a couple of other things that I've done. Pretty close. Now, some of them I have deviated more and mm-hmm. made more my own. Right. Um that has also failed pretty miserably. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess my point is just that, like, in, in a, a game like WoW Classic, there's just not really any creativity to be had. Like, it's That's more fair. like, it's it you know, not to be use the cliche of a grind, but it it is just simply like, hey, have you spent enough time doing this yet? And it's, it's not about, you know, certainly you could be a bad WoW player, I guess, but it's also not the skill, the skill ceiling is just not that high, especially for leveling. Now, when you get into the top tier raiders or top tier pvpers then there's a bit more of a skill ceiling but for leveling a character there's just there's i don't just know i still so don't much. think it should take away it shouldn't diminish the feeling of wanting i like i i just don't and for you it may be and i totally understand that but i, I don't feel like it should be that big of a detractor to drive like um for, you should for, want a mount like the, you should the, want to hit next level yeah the reason that it is and, and again it, it's not that those things can't be like those can be part of the fun, but ultimately it needs to be for me at least. It needs to be fun that I'm running around and in the world and right. doing stuff and, and getting them out as part of that. Great, and that's fine. But it can't be. I don't feel like playing, but I'm going to force myself because I'm almost to the mount, that's and that fair. will be rewarding. That's fair. It's not. Yeah. Um. And I, and again, I've I've played tons of MMOs and been been to the end game of a lot of MMOs and been. You know, in Dark Age of Camelot, I had literally one of the top sets of gear that you could have. It was a very well, and, and build. We've also talked that you have a very you like specific interest on the community aspect of most MMOs, being where you derive a lot of the the enjoyment and your time there. And and while it can be fine for like for me as a solo player, I would get uh, like ninety percent of my enjoyment from getting them out. <laughs> I've probably even told this story before, but but I mean it was just like in, in WoW retail back in 2010, there was this series of achievements you could do to unlock this red dragon mount. And I spent like a month corralling friends to do all these different dungeon achievements. And then we finally got done and it was kind of challenging and it was fun doing those different achievements and getting the group. Like all of that was great. However, then I finally got the mount and it it was just really empty because it didn't unlock, it didn't unlock anything new. And I think that's maybe the some other than the skin of the mount. And I think that's for me personally, a big driver in all games actually is i want to see what's new like in factorio yeah 
and so for it to be it's not there's just nothing there's just nothing new with the new mount skin other than that mount skin right but but i i certainly don't thrive on the prestige that some people do in mmos like yeah. oh i've got this mountain you don't and that makes me happy like i don't feel that way at all um but again not knocking people that do or saying that that my way is the logical way or anything like that. It's not a binary thing or an either, or just simply that, uh, yeah, for me, the, the driving reason can't be anyway, I've completely derailed our factory <laughs> conversation, which I always do. Um, all of that was just to say though, that, so then I was like, I'm not going to play wow for this entire day because I don't want to not like it. Like I want it. Right. Yeah. It. it sometimes it takes, you got to take a step away to, to allow it to stay fresh right right so so then i ended up playing factory town i i don't know that i was really in the mood to play a city builder for a long time or colony sim for a long time so uh, all of this is just in service of saying i think factory town's a great game and just because i keep playing it abruptly isn't a negative review of it no and i mean i i no lifed it for like two weeks straight and then yeah. was just like yeah, I was also still pretty early in the early access and i hit that point of the game where it's like i either have to restart and reinvest 200 hours of work or i have to spend eight hours straight completely refiguring this town because everything's spaghetti right right and i was, I was just like nah i don't want to do that i don't have i don't have the logic brain that it takes which is going to be funny when we come to my next bit but to 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 really i spaghetti all the factorio type games like all the assembly line style games i spaghetti so oh. bad I think everyone does. I mean, I think in like in Factorio, the only way that I ever stopped doing that was when I looked up uh, designs for not just a bus system, but also a system uh, like a how you build a sorter so that right you can feed stuff into like four different tracks and then have it all sorted so that it evenly splits it among those right. four tracks after the sorting. The thing is, though, is that everybody can't do that because somebody designs that. Sure, but I don't think they design it when they first. I don't think they boot up That's the game design that. I think they start with spaghetti, and then someone eventually was like, "Oh, we I'm sure there's it. some engineers that grok it pretty quick." And that's probably true. They, that's probably they, true. I'm sure they start with spaghetti. That spaghetti may last like ten minutes, and then they go, "Oh," and well, and the thing in Factorio, if you've never played, and the same with Factory Town, you you actually just don't unless you're unless you're like reading ahead in a wiki to anticipate right. it would be really boring. You just don't actually understand what the different demands and requirements are going to be, so it's not really possible to. You can't plan too far ahead if you're if you're playing uh, vanilla and fresh. Yeah, yeah that's but, fair. You know, like once I've played Factorio, I mean, I've started Factorio maps dozens of times at this point. I've just and I haven't made it. I haven't launched a rocket on all of those, right? Um, but I, yeah, I, I kind of have an idea of like, oh. I'm going to need green chips for a long time. Right. I, mean, I don't need a lot of them. <laughs> so I, I'm going to only still start with a few, but I'm going to leave this area open so that I can expand this yeah, out as the need grows. And you just don't know that the first time. When right. you first play, you think you're being hyper-efficient because mm -hmm. you're, you're only you know, making two. space. Yeah. Well, and like, well, look how close together it all is. Like, how sweet <laughs> am I? Like, you're an idiot, actually. <laughs> I can't tell you later, but enjoy it now. Um. So yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm looking. I'm actually looking actively at my Steam recently played to see what else. Ooh, ooh, here's another one that ties in. Uh, 
<laughs> These are all very significant for me. Um, I can tell. It was a little, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a game called Mindustry. Um, oh, okay. Or Mindustry, Mindustry, I don't know. Oh, it's mind. Industry with an M in front of it, so. Yeah, probably Mind. Is it, so have it, Mind Games? Yeah, kind of. Well, so it's kind of like a, it's like Tower Defense meets Factorio. Oh, okay, yeah. You you have resort, different resources that spawn on the map, and then you have to set up drills and conveyors, and then a la Tower Defense, every 90 seconds or whatever, a new wave of attackers comes, and you have to defend that off from your core, and you're trying to accumulate, just accumulate resources to launch off the planet. And then there's a giant over map that has a bunch of little levels that you can oh, okay. kind of graduate through, or progress through or whatever. And they have different requirements to get to them. Uh, and if you lose, so like if you build a bunch of resources up and then go and then lose your stuff, you actually have to go back to earlier maps to regain oh, those wow. resources and then continue um, but yeah, it was a, I mean, it's a $6 game or something full price. So it's a very small little thing, but it was kind of a, it's been kind of a fun little bit. I, it's look, fine. Least, Sounds fun. Yeah. Let's see. I have, I have 90 minutes in it. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a fun little, like, I only want to play for, because I think I've probably played three different times for about half an hour where it's like, Hey, I'm going to hop on, play for half an hour, kind of mess around, and then dip back out. But the learning curve isn't so significant that, like, if I don't play for a week, I can't. Right. You know what I mean? And it kind of gives the little satisfaction of something like a Factorio and, like, oh, look at my little sweet tracks carrying ore on them or whatever without having to invest the time. Like 60 hours to get a, you know, good setup going. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. Um, and it, it has the threat with the, the enemies constantly. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I, I definitely thought of you because you're a big tower defense person as well. Um, ha- have you played Creeper World Three in a while? I, I mean, I go back to I've been watching the dev stuff. They just uh, released a new video showing off a full level of Creeper World Four, um, which is still looking have- awesome. Creeper World, you should absolutely go look at Creeper World 3, and when you see it, you'll be like, this just looks kind of weird. I, I would have not found it if it weren't for Brett. It, it's, it's, a, it's a tower defense against fluid dynamics. Yes. And like, it seems like you will, you'll see it, and you'll be like, eh, it looks kind of rinky-dink. It's actually one of the more fair tower defense games. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to, like, there was one, there's somewhere, even kind of like They Are Billions, where it just, like, if you don't do a setup right, you lose. And there's a couple of levels in CW3 that are that way, but most of the time, you can, like, get a piece of ground defended. Now, if you, you can do all of that wrong and still beat the level, it just takes you an hour to do it. Whereas mm. if you do everything perfectly right, it can take you 30 seconds to beat it. So, right. like, it really just depends. Like, there's a lot of room for your skill. Like, maybe you beat it in 20 minutes, you know, like, or maybe you beat it in five minutes or whatever. And and there's a lot of different skill levels as you figure out tricks of the game. Um, oh, yeah. I definitely take, like, an hour to complete levels and know that I'm an idiot because of that. But... Well, and I also just don't pause much. <laughs> Like, sure. which is That's a fair. big way of like the speed running tactic is to pause a lot and uh, it stops the timer. 
Yeah. Right. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I don't think I ever pause either. Typically what happens is I, I locate one area of the map that I want to secure and I do that, but I spend, you know, 10 or 20 minutes doing that. And now the other part of the map that you needed to secure is completely yep. overrun <laughs> because I didn't do any sort of balance. But then plan. you get to build the big cannons and a ton of bombers. And I was yeah. gonna say, yeah, I've had an entire fleets of bombers before, and yeah. that was really cool. No, all all of the Knuckle Cracker games are. There's a Particle Fleet, which is pretty good too, which is a tower defense game built around particle physics and and manipulating particle physics, where you have little mm. ships that fly around and. There's basically good particles and bad particles, and they annihilate each other, and you've got to build ships to move them around and to shoot them. They have little weapons. It's a, it's a neat game. All This is to say all of the Knuckle Cracker games are great, and we should do an episode on them sometime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it just because we were talking about Tower Defense with that Mindustry game, and, and when I think Tower Defense, Creeper World 3 and then the Balloons games probably come to mind as the top Tower Defense games I've ever played. Yeah. Um, there's one called Defense Grid that looks really good, but it's not nearly as actually cool, I don't think, as... I uh, thought Sanctum was going to be a lot cooler than it was. That's the first person, first person one, right? One, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I own it, never got into it. <laughs> yeah. CW4 <laughs> looks amazing, though. CW4 is fully 3D, and uh, with more... So, like, in Creeper World 3, they like, if you shoot a big hole into the fluid it just sinks in that area in four if like a mortar shell explodes it'll cause a shock wave ah. and so it can spill over your defenses if you shoot a big shock wave into it and there's a lot more things about like like singularity device like sucks a bunch of fluid up but then spills it back out later or something and it looks amazing it looks so good <laughs> i can't wait for it no release date set but follow their right. discord is it just one guy yeah yeah, yeah, all of his games, one dude, yeah. and he's a legend. Like, oof. Hmm. Um, I did actually try another new MMO. <laughs> <laughs> so we're still on Walker's games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think because I think I figured I figured these are all quick hits for okay forty five minutes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think this is the last one. Um, I did try one other MMO called Arc Age Unchained. Um, okay. Arch, Arch, is, is it Arch Age? Oh, I don't know. I, I, I think I may have actually played this one. Is it A-R-C-H-E and then Age? Yeah. Yeah. Probably so, because so it came out in 2013, mm -hmm. Arch Age did, and, or Arch Age, or again, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's a Korean game, um, and it it's a it's very much in the vein of like Black Desert Online where it's the sandbox experience and there's not I mean there's levels and everything but right it's not it's not a wow end game kind of thing it's it's designed that you people the, the economy is largely player driven and there's guild versus guild there's land claiming and and you can build keeps and then people fight over stuff and and all of that um I mean it's not Eve Online, another really popular sandbox, you know, that's in space. This is a fantasy-based game, so it's not like Eve in that way. But as far as, excuse me, the sandboxiness of it. Um, that game has been out again since 2013. For years, I've heard about it. And I've heard a lot of people say, 
that they thought it was a really great game, but that it was just ruined by pay to win store because mm-hmm. you could, you could buy, and I don't know all the details of it, but my understanding is that effectively using real money, you could just get way more power Everything. than other people, yeah. right? Um, and not that no one could get it without that, but, you know, they're just, they're having to grind. Yeah, the for- difference in Korean grind is like, sure, you can get it if you spend 3,000 hours mm-hmm. to get the first piece of the 12-piece set that you need. Like, I mean, even if it's a, even if it's 100 hours and then another guy logs on and has is new and just has it, mm-hmm. it's still, still, even if it's 10 hours, like, it's still just not fun to lose to the guy who didn't do the same thing right. you did kind of thing. Um so Archage Unchained that's just come out is they just released it in the middle of October of 2019. And it is all of the content, whatever expansions or DLC were released, all of the content since 2013. Re, it's almost kind of like WoW Classic where they've re-released a, a separate version of the game. Yeah. that is the Unchained version. And there is no store. Oh, so wow. there's no... There's yeah, I, I there might be cosmetic stuff you can get, yeah. maybe, but I don't even know if there is because, for example, they limit you to two characters, and there's not even. And it says to get more characters, you have to buy a character expansion slot, and there's not a character expansion slot for sale that oh, I wow. can locate you, on their website right. or in the shop. Um, but yeah, the whole idea of Unchained is that it has none of the pay to win stuff, and so it's just the the pure game, if you will. Um, and yeah, it, it's it's been fun so far. I'm not super far into it. It's kind of on rails as far as it's very fast to get from level 1 to level 30. Mm-hmm. 55 is the cap from what I understand. Okay. And from everything I've read, the game dramatically slows. Because, I mean, from 1 to 30, you can do in probably a day of play. Right. And then once you... And so you're just like level every 20 minutes or something. And then once you hit 30, which I, I think I'm like 29, so I have, didn't quite get there, but... Once you hit 30, slows down. One, one reviewer said it slows down so much that you'll be certain you're doing something wrong <laughs> because it's <laughs> like, how am I not leveling still? Right. Uh, but a, a good buddy of mine that's one that, that's played MMOs with me since back at Dark Age of Camelot, since, since Inception, uh, wanted to try it. I don't know how much I'm going to commit to it because I'm I am still actively playing WoW Classic and as you say you on my server WoW Retail. Yep, you've got you've got two WoWs going now. So I'm juggling three MMOs currently. Right, um, but WoW Classic is probably the primary, with WoW Retail being secondary, and then this other game, just kind of something to log in and mess around with. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I I, I just kind of I came to the conclusion, which I, I I know I talk about MMOs so much, but <laughs> I just, I'm just endlessly, and it's the same, it's, it's not the only reason that I love Grand Theft Auto, but I just really, really love these massive, intricate worlds yeah. that that games can provide. And, and MMOs are just such an easy place to get that because they all have that, right? They right. all have these giant expanses and just, I don't, like, it's just amazing the amount of work and care that goes into some of these games that aren't you know n- none of them except wow are wow right, right. Like it's for popularity you know what i mean um and yeah i don't know there's just there's just so many so many neat little things that i that i just gobble up but uh but anyway so i think that's all i, pr- I probably have played other things as well <laughs> a, a video game fornicator but uh <laughs> anyway uh so 
what have you what have you been picking up your sticks to get into lately? So I actually have three. Ooh. Yeah. Which is it's kind of rare. Um, one of them has many stories. One of them is actually pretty much completely new. I'm not. Sh- I think I may have kind of talked about it, but I haven't actually talked about playing it, which is a little bit different. And then, um, and then yeah, we can get we can get through the. I'll just save that one for last. That'll be fine. Then yeah. The other one. Um, I think is the last one the one that we played most recently together. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so yeah we can yeah. circle back around to that. Yeah. Um. So the first one, uh, there's a lot of updates to go through, uh, which is I now have two instances of Minecraft that I'm playing. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them, since uh, there was last discussion on it, uh, I have gone through the mod apocalypse, um, where I shot an arrow at a monster. It was like a hero monster, and something glitched out really hard and caused basically my entire world to despawn and turn into void. And then I was like, for some reason, instead of thinking, Hey, I should make a backup save here and try to fix this after I make a backup save. I was like, Oh, well other times that I've seen stuff like go to void. If I just force reload the chunks or, you know, like die and respawn, that usually takes care of it. And I didn't realize what was going on, so I let the super monster kill me. I was just like, I'll just stand here and let it kill me. Well, I wasn't standing on anything, which means my the gravestone mod that I have that sucks up all my equipment when I die and puts it in a little gravestone didn't happen properly. And then a lot of my equipment fell into the void, including the journal and photo album that I was working on. Mm-hmm. for that like chunk i think this was around day it was around day 200 um in game day 200. in game team yeah in game day 200. <laughs> no, yeah <I> mean, <laughs> our podcast hasn't been on for that long <laughs> but 2018 yeah well yeah. <laughs> uh, um and uh yeah so anyway it took an entire day to figure out what the problem was and fix it uh, the end result of which actually was that I got everything back except for the items that were on my tool belt, which happened to be the photo album, the journal, and like uh, an axe and a shovel or something, you know. Um, but the legendary super rare pickaxe that I bought off the trader that was like everything five and mending, I got to keep and a lot of other stuff. So I stopped playing for a day, mostly because I was fixing it. Um. And the only reason that I really kept playing was because the journal was only about 15 days into that new chunk. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't lose that much. And the photo album also, like, because the camera mod stores all of the pictures you take as screenshots in an images folder. So I could kind of recreate if I wanted to do a video or whatever, which I still kind of want to do, um, have some of that available. And I was able to to speak to it again in story as kind of like, you know, I I fell into this weird void. Everything got messed up when I was there. This, you know, there's this evil monster and I lost my tool belt. It like grabbed my tool belt off of me. I lost the journal, lost the, the album, you know, don't know how many days it's been since whatever. And uh, so I was able to like RP through it. Um, fast forward. 
I just surpassed day 450 in game in that world. Um, and I'm still still loving it, still having a blast, although I did hit kind of a slowdown point where I guess I kind of hit that like I'm building just for the sake of building, not because I enjoy it. I feel like I need to finish this building because I have to, not because I'm enjoying doing it. Right. But um, at another point in my solo world, I hit a bug in one of the other mods that it was pretty clear that it was that like that mod that bug so i hopped into the discord of that mod and and posted about it It was like hey i found a bug here it is um and one of the mod developers hit me back up and he's like actually that's fixed in the newest version but nobody's tested it yet uh would you mind like would you be available to test because i i was talking about one of the other users in the discord just another player about how i do like you know, I've done some coding in the past and I do some quality analytics, you know, in my day job and stuff and just how I understand and respect coders time. And I'm not like trying to be demanding or anything, but kind of joking around, you know, just kind of shop talk. And so they hit me up and they were like, would you be willing to test like an alpha version of this update? And I'm like, hey, if it gets me back to playing today, because it stopped me from playing, I had to like quit and just like I can either delete this mod or just wait. A couple of days and it'll eventually be fixed right um so i was like hey this gets me back to playing today so sure so i pick up the alpha version he sends it to me in discord drops it over load it up start playing bugs fixed super happy there's a couple of new items so i try to test one of them out and i discover a bug with that but it's not one that i could just text to him because it was a really weird duplication thing that you kind of had to see because it took like four or five steps to replicate and it only replicated one direction. It didn't replicate when you go back. So it, it, it was just really weird to explain. So I was like, I, I, do you care if I just screen share? And he's like, yeah, sure. And he adds me to the friends list. We get onto a discord call. I'm like, I'm going to be on a call anyway. So I threw my headset on just in case. And he immediately went mute and I was just like, Hey, what's up? And, just kind of under my breath i wasn't thinking about it and he was like oh hey mate what's going on and i was like oh this guy's from australia like like I, as i was like going back through the chat they're active at like three in the morning and stuff i'm like oh this makes sense like australia new zealand area and so i was like you know i asked him where he's from and he confirmed i was like cool i'm in the states you know and and showed him the bug and everything and we I, we ended up talking for like 30 45 minutes and I tested a bunch of other stuff for him too. Because he was like, "Hey, can you can, can you like cheat in a couple of things and test them for me and, and let me see if this does it with these other things that I added?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." Because um, I was just kind of hanging out. It was it was nice to hang out with a totally random person. Like, and being a developer of a mod gives you like at least some clout. Like, you at least tried that hard. <laughs> You're at yeah. least not gonna be a jerk to that point. Like. Mm -hmm. um it's not a guarantee but it helps it more than any other just random rando mm -hmm. so we you know we chatted we got along for a bit and he was like hey um I, I you're you're pretty cool you seem to be a good tester we have a private server where a bunch of us developers get on and test the latest versions of our mods and we throw some other mods on there too we all just get around and have fun uh there's no chunk claiming there's no, like, you can't protect anything, but there's not really any griefing. And, like, there's a couple of people that may stream from it. So we ask that, you know, like, actually just be nice to each other because we're all developers. Uh, would you be interested in that? And I was like, I've 
that for the first time sounds like a server that I would actually be interested in. Mm-hmm. Because like I, I don't like chunk claiming because a chunk is usually too small to build in, or it'll end up being in you know, a weird like you find a cool mountain, but the chunk is like just a side of it or something. Right. And but I also just I'm like I, I'm not going to hide a base in some survival world where I have to have a button disguised underneath a tree to get it. You know, no, I'm not going to mess with that. Um, I don't want to mess with griefers. I don't want a 2B2T anarchy server or anything, you know? So I was like, yeah, and the, these are all like, they're all coders. So they're all semi-decent adults. Like they're not going to be six-year-olds. Um, right. So I was like, yeah, maybe, you know, sure. I appreciate the invite. But at the time I was still really hard into the solo thing. Well, so this last weekend, I finally hit that point where i was like i'm just building because i feel like i have to but i still wanted to play so i was like well why not try it i'll, I'll go in and try and, and jump in um very overwhelming <laughs> yeah because one it's an established not like super established server but it's been up and running for a while so people have some big builds uh two it's a lot more tech-based mods than my current mod pack is so there's a lot of that going on um like my personal mod pack just hit 80 mods and they've got like 160 Mm -hmm. so there's just a lot that and some of them i'm familiar with and some of them i'm way not so i'm trying to like pick one and stick to it and just like figure things out a chunk at a time and and people are like stopping by my base asking if i need anything i'm (laughs) really torn between some guy that's got like I've got like 500,000 iron. If you need iron, just, you know, let me know. I'll send a thousand to you. And I'm like, is that cheating? Like, do I feel like I'm cheating? I'm like, it's not. Like, somebody's giving it to me, but like, what am I going to do with the- I don't know. Like, I don't know how. Just become a dragon. Just hoard it. And I sit guess. Upon- yeah, just build a giant pile of iron and sit on it and just be a dragon. <laughs> um but yeah so i mean i've only been on there for a few days now and it's been a little sporadic because i have been spacing out my playtime a little bit more um just been doing more stuff around the house and kind of life stuff lately so uh but that's been it's been fun and i've still been enjoying it and uh i did do some recording for uh my personal modded journey where i did some voice recording don't know if I'm going to use it yet. Don't know when or if or how I'm going to put that out there into the world, but I have it. So, yeah. Yeah. So this is like, you know, I'd probably say this all the time too, but this is like the quintessential thing of, of why gaming matters because like, you know, here you are playing Minecraft and you're doing this very exclusively solo. Mm -hmm. Like super solo. Like I'm not even sharing it yet. Like, no Twitch, no YouTube, like I usually do, like, just me for me. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, and it's this very, like, kind of heavy RP storytelling thing, and you're, you know, using the in-game camera to take all these screenshots and help build this narrative that you're going through. And anyway, and, like, so it's, it's that, but because you're playing with mods, you run into a problem and decide to pursue fixing that problem, and then very serendipitously stumble into this where you meet someone from across the world that you otherwise would have never encountered. That's Mm -hmm. super cool, which 
I mean, the internet is the vehicle for that, but right. gaming is the reason that you were there. Right, yeah. I mean, the internet, there's a lot of things in the internet that I'm never going to experience because I don't have a vehicle to get myself to them. But right. it, it really is, like, I was always kind of jealous of, like, the Hermitcraft server because there's, like, 15 tops 20, but, like, maybe really only 10 or so really active people. And they're just super friendly with each And sometimes they make games up with each other that are pranky or are griefy or whatever, but it's in good fun. So nobody goes overboard and it's like a, a community of players. And mm -hmm. I just never, and a community of like, like aged players and stuff too. That was the other hard bit is like, I have too many neat wants and needs for a server. Like, and so, it, so I just never got to have the multiplayer Minecraft experience outside of like some of the mini games. Right. And so this is for the first time, yeah, I'm just getting, like, how many years Minecraft been around now? And just now am I getting the first taste of multiplayer Minecraft that suits me? And yeah, it was very serendipitous. And I, I even was against, I was I was very against it at first for a little bit, too. I'm like, no, where's my solo thing? Ah, goblin in a corner. And, mm -hmm. and yeah, and, and I mean, now that I'm now that I'm getting in there and playing, it's it's a very different experience, and I'm not I'm still not totally comfortable with it, but I'm making something of it. I found a really cool spot to build, and I've got a cool idea for a build. It's probably going to take me forever because I don't know all of the tech duplication, chemistry, mod things that make me get infinite whatever, but mm -hmm. I can't get 500,000 iron yet. <laughs> but I know a guy. Right. right. Wow. <laughs> But yeah, I just yeah, I think that's I think it's a super cool story, and uh, I think it's I think it's interesting to to play on that server, and I'll be interested to see you know over time where that kind of goes. It'll it'll be amazing if I can because I, I really do feel like for the first time I'm sticking with Minecraft, even if I play less. Like I think I'm finally getting to a point where I kind of get it more than I ever have before. And and so I think I want it. I I think it's going to be a, a more of a hobby game than a super no life game that I burn out on. Like, right. but it'll be interesting, especially if I get to the point where I know enough people on the server to like recognize the names right. and stick around past a server reset when everybody mm -hmm. starts at zero. That because right. that'll be really that's when things are wild. <laughs> right. But right. yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to see. I'm starting to learn some of the people I'm learning my neighbors in game, um, you know, and just being friendly with them and, and thinking about working together on co-opting builds, like building roads to each other's houses and stuff. I don't know. So it, it, it seems really fun. It's just, again, the community, I, it, it's, you're right. It's why gaming matters is because I am making friends of like-minded people in like age groups across the world it all because i decided to try to reach out you know and I, I i to be clear i totally understand your sentiment and it's one that i share about the the age thing but i actually and it's very possible that you could and again i i know you're not d dismissing this with your statement but like in mmos especially because it's such a wide breadth of people mm -hmm. to play i mean i definitely now not like a six-year-old or someone right that young, right but I've definitely met, you know, a 16-year-old that was like, he could have been in his 30s. Right. You know what I mean? No, yeah. Or, I'm sure. And hey, game. some of these coders are not all 30, 40, 50-year-old guys. Right. Like, right. there are some young coders, too. And I'm cool with, I'm, I guess it's the mentality 
Yes. Like, I'm not, I'm not dismissing them by age. I'm dismissing right. the mentality. Like, if you're going to put the time in and effort in to learn how to code, even if you're not good at it, like, I remember being an 8, 10, 14-year-old coder trying to learn QBasic and ActionScript and Java and C Sharp and whatever. And I want to inspire those people. I'm there to help those people and give people genuine feedback. Because it's also a feedback server. It's like, yeah. hey... This is an alpha mod that's not going to go public yet. Is can you break it? Is the art good? Is the code solid? Do you have suggestions? Should the should the number values be different? Are they broken in some way, too strong or not strong enough? And so it is just a bunch of people giving each other feedback on it too, as well as building builds and doing cool things, you know. So it's the general it's the normal Minecraft experience plus this kind of secret underground code sharing thing where I get to see, I get to see mods before they're released. Like that to me is just, that's worth all of it. Like I don't feel worthy because I'm not devving anything, (laughs) but they need QAs too. And they need people who can provide like, Oh, I didn't think about the value needing to be there because of this or whatever, you know, being able to explain it. So that's been really, really cool. Nice. Um, The other game that I have taken to recently uh, which I am playing on the computer, but is traditionally not a computer game, uh, is Sudoku. Oh, you did mention that you were playing that, yeah. and I was just like, I, I just kind of forgot. But yeah, go on. So I, and I, so I follow just like some odd channels on YouTube, like some number files and like Vsauce and stuff, and every now and again a related channel, and I and I follow a lot of board game type channels, and I've recently gotten into following a couple of like magician slash puzzle solving type channels and stuff because i've always loved like sleight of hand tricks and i've like i have an appreciation for like puzzle boxes um they're always very interesting to craft and somehow i stumbled upon this channel that it was like one of the champion sudoku players and Mm -hmm. a a friend of theirs i don't have the entire backstory of the channel but uh, solving sudoku puzzles but the thing that brought me into the channel was not just like, oh, hey, it's a Sudoku. Because, I mean, I've known about Sudoku forever, and I, I never was really that interested in it. I was always like, you put one through nine in a bunch of boxes. It seems super boring. Like, I just didn't, I never got it. I never really tried that hard. And, but the Sudoku that I, that was shown off was like an alternate, it's like modded Sudoku, I guess. Maybe that's just how to get me to play your game is just claim it's modded. Like... <laughs> <laughs> And let you have early access. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, you yeah. know, um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, so it was it, the specific one that, that I did. Um, and, and you can look him, you can look them up. It is the, um, cracking the cryptic, uh, specifically Robin Hood Sudoku. And mm. so I think this is the one originally I, I just watched the video and thought it was really interesting and shared it a few places. That's probably when we talked about it. But recently I've started playing some of this guy's puzzles, Cracking the Crypto is on YouTube and all of the puzzles you can play on their website. Um, and he gives like the intro and the rules on the video. And then you can either pause it and try to solve it yourself and come back for hints or, you know, however you want to, or just watch the video. Right. But so Robin Hood Sudoku looks like a bow and arrow um, on the Sudoku map, but there's special rules for 
what numbers can be placed where and how the number set like numbers on these lines always have to be in increasing order they can be in any order but they always have to increase and numbers in these arrows have to add up to the number that's in this box or whatever and there's no given digits so the the puzzle starts without it's a sudoku and there's no digits on the map which if would otherwise just be a magic box that you fill in however you want as long as you follow the rules but because there's all these special rules in place you can't just do it however you want and the special mm -hmm. rules it actually starts becoming like a code cracking thing it's a little bit mathematics it's a little bit like safe cracking and a little bit like you can guess and check and or you could just figure out an algorithm for it or whatever and you start playing around with this and it becomes like a cipher where you've got to figure out what is the piece, what is the weakest piece of the puzzle, the puzzle that can only have the, the fewest number of answers and break that first. And once you break it, see what it like one chain breaks another sort of thing. And so these, I guess, more entertaining style of Sudokus, at least to me, um, mm -hmm. that have this kind of alternate play mechanism built into it. I've started having a lot of fun with like I'm not good at them yet and I'm just mm -hmm. now starting to learn like apparently there's a lot of like pro lingo or pro strats or whatever like there's certain places where numbers can be that'll keep numbers from being in other places there's like x wings and certain relationships and stuff and so I'm just now kind of getting a little bit of that but as I get it the more I get it I'm like actually having fun with this like I'm actually I'm getting those profound dopamine drip moments. I'm like, mm. oh, oh, I get it, I get it. This, if this goes here, then it unwinds all of these other places. And they've got like a little website built in that you can do like pencil marks and ten key and stuff on. Hmm. And and it all once you start kind of getting it, or and if I get stuck, I usually have the video up there too. So right. I can just like, I think I'm right. I'm gonna try to keep going until I get stuck, and then I'm gonna hit play on the video and see which is not always the same order that he comes up with his stuff. So if he finds something that I didn't, I try to understand why. Mm. Like, cause he'll speak logically like this keeps this cell from being this, which means that it has to be that. And I'm like, why didn't I get that? So I go look at mine. I stare at it until I figure it out. And then I, you know, see if I can do anything else with that and keep going back and forth. And I'm starting to rely less on the video and more on just like, I'll walk away and get a coffee and come back and stare at it for five minutes and go, Oh, I'm up. Yeah, there it is. And you know, it right. fixes. It, I don't know. I've just been having a lot of fun with Sudoku. And I thought that <laughs> that was an interesting, that, that to me is still like, I mean, that's something that, you know, like the New York times daily newspaper or whatever, you're going to have your Sudokus and your crossword puzzles and, and mm -hmm. things like that. And, and I think that a lot of people, stop you know kind of dismiss those games and i think that there is a lot of fun to be had and there's a lot of inventiveness like a lot of these sudoku things these new types of sudokus are recent inventions i guess of people that are that are trying to that make so there's like sudoku puzzle makers because you mm -hmm. can the and the guy kind of says you can tell the difference between a machine-made puzzle and a human-made puzzle because mm -hmm. like a machine-made puzzle will be a little bit too random and a human-made puzzle will have a path that you travel through it mm, which i can right. i can really understand like especially being like a, a dungeon master and making a D, D dungeon 
it's much the same way. Like if you evade this trap, you go to this room and you get, once you figure out that trap, you can move to the next one. And there, right. this, and the Sudoku's can be built kind of the same way where there's traps and there's easy solutions that are kind of the gimmies. And I don't know, it's a really well-made, well-crafted puzzle it can be easy or hard. You can have a, mm-hmm. a well-crafted, easy puzzle that once you figure out the trick, you you know, it solves it very quickly. And you could have a very right. difficult one that has there was one that i tried that had a lot of numbers given and it would i was like oh this is gonna be easy this is like an easy intermediate puzzle i should definitely figure this out no four hours later i restart and just quit (laughs) i was like done right but no i've i've loved it and i think that that i think that there is still quite a bit of importance in like pencil and paper numbers games like mind games and puzzles and things so yeah, I actually recently started uh, subscribing to the New York Times online. Oh, yeah. So I guess that gives me access to the New York Times daily crossword puzzle and probably whatever Sudoku puzzles or other things they have. I don't know. I haven't I haven't ever actually looked at it again anytime recently. Um, when I tried to do crosswords, probably was when I was a kid is the last time I really remember looking at one even. And I just never understood. And, and Sudoku is different, obviously, because of numbers. Right. Uh, but like with crosswords, I just never understood the references. But I should probably look again because I wonder now. You might get more middle of age. The, if right. we're making Game of Thrones references and and stuff, right. then you may have a little bit more pop culture. I probably still would stink at them because I have no pop culture. But <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um. Well, yeah, well, that's cool. Yeah, I, I'll have to... What was the name of the YouTube channel? Uh, so it is it is Cracking the Cryptic. Crap, cracking the Cryptic. Cracking right. the Cryptic. And I started with, for me, it was the most interesting, uh, the Robin Hood Sudoku. I have hmm. watched it, been solved, shared it with a bunch of people, tried it, and then, like... I don't tried one of the other ones that's a, a similar it's called a thermal sudoku and then I, I was like well it's been a week since I've seen the solution I've probably forgotten it by now went back tried to solve it got stuck on the very first number <laughs> and like thought that I had it figured out definitely didn't had the first number given to me and I'm not quite done with it but <laughs> I did stop the video halfway through and have way more solved than what I have on the video so I'm feeling hopeful that I can <laughs> But I'm having, I'm, I'm still having a blast with it, and I'm starting to, I'm wanting to, like, I'm still kind of in that phase where, like, I don't want to do all of these other Sudoku, other, other ones. I just want to focus on the one that I like. But right. there's a few of those, and I'm working through them, and, and I'm sure that if I keep at it, I'll probably start branching out, so. Yeah, I, I probably should, should give Sudoku a good look. I mean, as a kid, this might sound kind of bizarre, but as a kid, like, I always thought it was really interesting. You know, and there's, there are some of these rules that you just learn, like, um, you know, if you multiply a negative by a negative, it's a positive. Right. Right. And anytime it's a positive and a negative, then it's always a negative. Yeah. Right. You're multiplying them. And those are just like algebra rules, but there's just all sorts of interesting relationships with numbers. Um, and certainly there are people who study this. So not that this is like something that I figured out or something, right. but just, I just always thought it was really interesting. Like if you like similar to the way that that positives and negatives work, odds and evens work in addition. Like mm-hmm. if you add two odd numbers or two even numbers, it's always even. Right. Anytime you add an odd and even, it's always odd. Stuff like that. Um, 
so Sudoku probably would lend itself to that kind of thing. There's another. So the ones that I've been avoiding, um, but probably should tackle are called sandwich Sudokus. And what that is, is there's numbers outside of the grid. So you've got your nine, nine by nine squares, right? Mm -hmm. And then on the rows and columns on the outside, on two, like one X and one Y column, there'll be numbers. And those numbers in a sandwich Sudoku, there's usually like, it's usually defined as like a one by nine sandwich or a three by six sandwich or whatever. And it'll, so those numbers are, so if it's a one by nine sandwich Sudoku, whatever numbers in on a row or a column exist between the one and the nine add up to whatever the number is outside of the, the squares. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a limited range of numbers though. Right. So like right. it, so it tells you at least how far apart the one and the nine are. And right. knowing only that you can start figuring out where the ones and nines can be and which ones, which of these numbers on the outside are conflicting with each other and which one are intersecting. And you can start building, you can have no given numbers except what the totals are on the outside edges. Right. And I thought, I was like, that's a really interesting, it adds another layer. Like I always, not to say that regular Sudokus can't be hard. They can be very difficult. Right. But adding that extra layer, like the safe cracking layer I don't know. It it just makes it way more fun for me. Hmm. That's awesome. Um, so the final game yep. that we're going to bring. The last one. <laughs> Which is all your fault, mind you. Uh, it's actually all Winter's fault all over again. It's <laughs> true. Both of us, same day. <laughs> yep. We're, of course, referring to StarCraft 2. Yep. And Winter StarCraft, the streamer that we both enjoy quite a bit. Um, I, so for me, we both saw the same video for me, I was actually napping on the couch and had had a winter video on when I fell asleep and woke up to him shouting at one of his viewers, right. which I internalized as me, although it was not me because he's interacting <laughs> with someone that's live on the stream. Um, yeah, just shouting at people to not be a punk and not be afraid to play StarCraft Ladder. Someone, you said that you yeah, saw so, the whole thing. So it was, it was great because we saw, like, the same video on the same day. Mm -hmm. And, but you, I, I had, like, intentionally watched it beginning to end. And you had, like you said, take, we're napping and it, like, auto-played over or something. Right. And you woke up at this part. Um, and so you had come to me and you're like, hey, well, I'm trying to not feel like a punk and maybe I should just play StarCraft. And I'm like, did you watch a winter video today? <laughs> <laughs> and and then I I was like I thought that that video was great too because of the AI joke, and you were just like I don't get it I just you know saw the part about being a punk and not being a punk and just going and playing ladder I was like yeah that's the part <laughs> <laughs> and turns out like you said you were napping the whole start of that joke was so Winter was doing uh, uh, coaching videos, his angry coaching, and somebody had asked him, can I send in an angry coach of me versus an AI because I'm too afraid to play ladder? At which point Winter goes off. And so you literally woke up at just the going him like going crazy part, and right. I was trying to reference the setup of the joke, of which you right. only got the punchline, except the punchline <laughs> like punched you in the gut. 
and made you feel bad. <laughs> it felt like I woke up to him shouting at me. That's what it felt like. And, and demeaning me for being afraid of StarCraft, which is stupid because we've talked about how wonderful StarCraft is so much. <laughs> And how it literally in, initiated us into starting all these personal development routines in our, our lives, our real lives outside of gaming. And all of that is true. But we'd kind of fallen off like when, when WoW Classic came out and then Borderlands 3 came yep. out. And then Minecraft we just, and... Right. We just kind of fell off the StarCraft ladder. And, uh, and yeah. So I did go play again and... And you joined me. Yep. I played a couple of multiplayer games last night. I have not done laddering yeah. yet. I did do a ladder game, and I did immediately lose uh, to not even a good a good Terran play. Like, I kind of appreciated that he wasn't that great, which, again, I lost, so I'm not trying to even <laughs> hate on the guy. But it was like, it's not like he beat me because his build order was just like, wow, that was astonishing. He beat me because I just didn't I just didn't play well <laughs> at all. But whatever he did isn't an actual build. Right. <laughs> and I know that because I know what the builds look like. And that's not it's it. It's not a two hellion timing. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. But uh but yeah, no, I had a lot of fun actually playing it. Even the the loss and ladder, like it was fun, and then you and I played some head to head matches and that was fun. Uh you won two out of three. Yeah. Um but yeah, it was a uh it, it Starcraft, I think, I don't know that I'll play it every week. Ever. Right. I mean, not that I wouldn't go into a mode where I play it hardcore yeah. again, but just the kind of piggybacking on what you were talking about, Minecraft, with it being kind of a hobby thing, I think Starcraft is kind of in that realm for me. It it's, can be a little intimidating to, to jump in again because it can be so brutal, but it actually is just a fun game. Right. And there's just a lot of... Uh, just a lot of cool stuff about it, yeah. which we've covered extensively in our StarCraft episode, mm -hmm. which you should all go listen to if you haven't. Um, as well as the follow-up episode. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, well, where we again had just we jumped, jumped back, back in the ladder. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, I, it's great. And something, so I recently bought a, a larger TV and have begun, it's a smart TV, which I didn't have before. So now I'm, I'm watching YouTube videos and stuff on that TV. And so now I'm seeing StarCraft in this, on this larger screen. And, you know, we've, we've talked about enjoyable distractions and getting distracted by things that aren't really the, the gameplay loop of the game, at, at least. Right. And, and StarCraft is very much full of that for me. Like, it has, for, for all the credit that it gets for being, like, this pioneer of eSports and, and, and all these things, which is all valid. Right. One thing I think it doesn't get enough credit for is the attention to the most tiny details mm -hmm. of art and animation that they have. Like, I didn't realize that the Hellions actually have tread on the tires. Well, and like, make what? rev up noises. <laughs> yeah. When, like, when they drive off, they'll rev up. And it's like, yes. they don't need to. <laughs> no, no, no. So much of what it does, it doesn't need to. But it, but it does it. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, it's just, I, I'm just outside of the game and outside of the, the larger life lessons that come out of playing StarCraft. <laughs> um, I'm just, yeah, I'm just constantly really enjoying just how it looks and just the, the, again, the attention to detail. Like earlier when I was talking about with MMOs, how I love the vast worlds that they create. I, I do. And another thing that I really enjoy is the, the little details that some developer or some artist made that, 
most players probably aren't going to see or notice or they'll run right by and not because they're idiots or something just because there's a million things to pay attention to. So you know this I mean? is this is totally unrelated to gaming, but is totally related to VFX artists, which is uh, why I hate Transformers and why I love GI Joe, the first movie. Mm. Which is in the Transformers movies, there are some amazing transformations, and you never get to see them because the mm. camera is flying around and everything is exploding and two robots are tussling together and just look like mangled metal. Like you don't mm-hmm. get a seat like, and those animators, they animated front, back, left, right, top, down, inside, outside. Right. And you only get to see the front for half a second. Before, Thanks Michael. Bay. Yeah. And then Jax gets wrapped and ripped in half and that's it that you never get to see that ever again. And it's like the intro to the first GI Joe movie is a helicopter that flies by and then like the Cobra VTOL vehicle like comes around and shoots it off or whatever. Or they flies around. But th- anyway, I don't remember much from that movie because it was a terrible movie. But the first like minute of that movie, when the this CGI VTOL vehicle flies into frame, the camera pans from in front of, over the top, behind to one like left side or shoulder then underneath back over the tail back around the other side as it spins around and like does like a little dip in the dive and the engines move and the weapons come out and it comes into frame and then the camera recenters on it you literally get this 360 degree view and Mm. it's like there were a team of artists that are probably mentioned in the credits that no one ever sees like it's literally just there so they get a job reference and but the people that did that animation work for GI Joe got more of their work appreciated than the probably twice as many people or more that worked on just Jax in the first Transformers movie mm-hmm. and it's like it's that attention to detail and I respect that more I respect the GI Joe movie more than the Transformers movie even though the animation in the Transformers is arguably better because the artists got their credit in G.I. Yeah. Joe. I got to see everything. Right. And to me, that's that's the important that's that's so important for me. Like that's why in Borderlands 3, like being able to inspect the gun and spin it around. Yeah. Like getting able to look at the models and stuff in full 3D, even though I'm playing from the first person and don't see most of it. I still respect it so much and being allowed to have that appreciation is really important for me. So this is, uh, this is uh, with a grain of salt. I say this because it's, it's saying best or favorite is challenging because there are so many genres of games and games can be so wildly different. Right. It's kind of hard. It's apples and oranges, you know, to some extent, but I would say probably it again, just my opinion, the, the, the most like the ultimate video game for me is probably Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah, it's 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 a huge map, right? Yeah. It's very detailed, so it's all this stuff. It's three you play as three protagonists that you hot swap between, which lends itself to some really interesting mechanics where you're like the three of you, all three of the protagonists together go on like a heist, and one of them's in a helicopter, right. and the other ones get out into the building. And you can flip back and forth between like guy in the helicopter and guy in the building and set things up and really cool. 
but anyway, the attention to detail in the Grand Theft Auto games is so awesome. Like there's, you go into to a convenience store and the corners of the floor are rolled up ever so slightly on the, the tile peeling floor. off. Yeah. yeah. And just, you go out and you drive on the highway and the, the little bumpy spots on the, on the, on the side of the highway, the bump strip is there mm-hmm. all the way out. And it's like, it doesn't matter if it, if it wasn't there, it doesn't fundamentally change the way the game is played, right. you know, but I just love it. I just love little things. Like I, that. I have. So for me, that happens a lot with uh, Deus Ex especially mm. the, the two newest ones um, mm-hmm. because they hire which. And so another thing that I really respect is just like they hired like call They held contests and hired college kids that were in like marketing degrees to like, if they needed a whole bunch of 2030 year, 2035 fashion, they go mm. and got a bunch of fashion designer, like, and I don't remember exactly, but they're like, like college kids or early graduates or whatever, and said, we want you to design our clothes. Let's hold a contest. The top 10 people get their stuff in, right? But mm. those clothes are going to be from designer. We're going to go to a design college or a marketing college. We need 10 graphic logos or 50 or whatever. There's like... Right. Uh, there's some like in each clothing line has a unique name and a unique graphic and a unique clothing style paired to it and like down to the details of like in the office like police station you can walk around and eventually figure out what desk belongs to all of the characters mm. based on how the, the items are laid out so they're not mm. just like random computer desk one with a coffee cup on it, like Half-Life, and all of them are the same. It's like this one's messy, and this one has coffee stains all over it, and this one has a sports drink bottle, and like everything's really neat and organized, and the pencils are laid out in a row or whatever. Like, And you mm-hmm. can start pairing up the characters to their actual – because that's the – it's just completely unnecessary. You're in there for like 10 minutes. You get your mission. You go. You leave. Like, right. but if you want, and I love being able to do that. I love being able to stay in an area and find, cause I look for those repeating patterns. I look for like, where are they tiling? Where are, mm. where do the tiles end? Where are the control D control? Uh-huh. D enter? Where is the skeleton red versus white? Like, ah, ha ha, mm-hmm. you know, where are you recoloring stuff? And, or if they're using, cause sometimes they reuse stuff really uniquely. Like it may be, a coffee cup in one area and a like used in part of a lamp somewhere else or like you know just the 3d model or something but it, it, none of that's necessary but being able to stay in an area past like just walking in and getting my mission and i'll stay there for 20 minutes walking around slowly looking under things just appreciating the art i mean it's a it might as well be an art museum it, like uh, if if i could bounce between seeing the Mona Lisa and playing laser tag. Like, like it, right. it, it just is like, it's part Smithsonian part laser tag for me is, is yeah. what it feels like sometimes when it's done well. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. You know, obviously we've talked about BlizzCon and that just happened somewhat recently. And, um, you know, a lot of their new, a lot of the blizzard IPs had new announcements, but one IP that did not would be Starcraft, Right. right? Um, and I, I've seen, you know, different headlines about, like, is StarCraft 3 coming? What would StarCraft 3 be like? Blah, blah, blah. And that's actually 
something I've thought about is like, I don't actually know, you know, Brood War, the original Starcraft had so is is from such a an old era. I mean, graphics fidelity has increased so much Uh between 1996 to 2010 when the new Starcraft came out and it had the last nine years hasn't been that same leap. Right. You know, especially with the ability to constantly update. Now, I don't know how much Starcraft's graphics, Starcraft two's graphics have been updated over the years. I would assume some, to some extent, a little bit here and there. Um, kind of like Diablo three launched, and then when Reaper of Souls came out, I would say that you a, know, Heart of the Swarm and Legacy of Void probably dumped in some some fidelity enhancements, right? Or you look at like like it, you know, it's crazy because WoW retail is still WoW, and it, and people who don't like that cartoony art style still don't like it. But man, when when you're me and you're playing <laughs> retail and classic simultaneously, it's you pretty see impressive, it, yeah how far the game has come graphically than, than where it was. Now that's a 15 year old thing. So it's more different, but, um, but I don't actually know what Starcraft three would be. Like, I actually don't know how they would make that and sell it. So the one thing that I I don't know, there were a couple of videos on where there were some people that got a little bit of behind the stage access and, and talked about it and said that um, it wouldn't be, a competitive multiplayer esport because there is almost no money made on that side of StarCraft 2. That like 90% of the money made in StarCraft 2 is from the co-op, which I thought right. was like that was kind of interesting, but it made sense that the war chest does make some money, um, but a lot of that's just reinvested into the esport that keeps the esport side going. Um, but the esports side does not bring in enough viewers. It doesn't. I mean, and it's big. It's not. It's still one of the biggest. You know, top five overall yeah. e games. But it's it's still not bringing in the kind of. It's it's still competing with Brood War for esports money. Well, the problem is that StarCraft is just so. Um, it's such a steep thing to get into, right. and you, and you can only. I mean. If you're going to play ranked ladder, the way the game is balanced and designed, you're playing 1v1 ranked ladder. Right. You're also playing by yourself. So, I mean, like you and I play together as friends, but that's because we really go out of our way to, like, talk about it. And sometimes when we're laddering, we'll stream it to each other in Discord. Right. And you know what I mean? Like, really, really try and share it. And if you're not, if you don't have that kind of arrangement... It, it, it's just it's just way harder to get into than Dota, League of Legends, which are also games that have incredible learning curves. Right. But there's just a lot more reasons that they are more accessible. Well, and I think that overall, e- even with a Dota or League of Legends, they're a lot closer to a traditional sport of like, you may not understand cricket, but if you watch a cricket game for like one cricket game, you could probably start figuring out some of the core mechanics, like what scores a point when there are people mm-hmm. getting excited and and like and in a Dota or League of Legends at least you could kind of see like a team fight you probably won't understand but right. it's sometimes it's hard for me to watch an American football scrimmage line and understand what's going on you know like until the camera moves and shows me the ball I don't have it <laughs> I would actually argue that with especially with football um, American football 
that's a sport that a obviously a lot of people watch and most people that watch it if you watch a play with them and then said what just happened they can't outside of what happened with the ball mm-hmm. they don't know either because it's too complicated right. but i think <laughs> so. at least there you again one game you can start kind of understanding what the first down is and when a point is scored kind of thing right you can understand that a touchdown is the end yeah. goal and, and in Starcraft, it's hard to tell like how do you know if one person is like if you're at third down and you're 10 feet away from the freaking goal line you know that person's about to win and in StarCraft, you can be in a losing position and still have your base. You can, if you get 10 probes wiped out at the wrong time, you can be in a losing position and you don't. it doesn't look like it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I watched a pro game the other day where it was a Zerg versus Terran, and the Terran never actually sent a large attack across the map to, like, wipe out mm-hmm. their base or their infrastructure. They just, for, I don't know if it was 30 minutes, between 20 and 30 minutes was the game length. The Terran just always had multiple dropships out on the field, dropping stim marines yep. and running around and harassing. And again, they, it's not like they eliminated the Zerg player outright ever, which you think when you start is the goal of the mm-hmm. game. They just chipped away for so long. And that eventually won a bunch of really tiny engagements. Yes. And eventually the Zerg conceded. But if you, and I mean, being a longtime StarCraft watcher, it made sense to me. But if you were someone new, like, there's <laughs> no idea. Yeah, the, what is going on here? Why did they win? I don't get it. All their stuff is still alive. Like, right, it's because right. they're broke and have no army and the other person's maxed out. Like, <laughs> well, I guess that's fair. That I mean, to me, when I think of StarCraft, to me, it is ubiquitous with. Right. And that was me, too. I was like, where would StarCraft be without the ladder? Like, to me, that's what supports the game. But the latter doesn't make any money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, the, I think, though, that they could, and I know you're talking about something that you had seen, you know, someone else talking about it at BlizzCon or whatever. Um, but I think that they could still do that by selling skins and cosmetics and things like that. To be used on ladder, which is what the war chest. Yeah, and I, I think that do. again, they said they make some of their money doing that, but the. I mean, that's what League of Legends does. Right. That's what Dota does. That's how they. I mean, Dota especially because they don't even sell characters. Mm-hmm. So in Dota, it's all hats and outfits right. and stuff like that that you're buying. And um, yeah, I don't know. I it would be. I, I mean, well, and I mean I that be... they already do sell that, and it doesn't it's not they're like there's like not even like 30 or 40 percent like it's like literally like 80 percent of their revenue is from the co-op stuff not even the right. campaigns like the campaigns aren't even what pushes it either which i thought right. was really interesting and and saddening because that you know that means that that's right. not what we're gonna get more of we're gonna get more yeah. which is i mean which is what we see is they're still releasing they just released a new character what like this very recently there's another new character that came out there was a, oh, for co-op. Yeah, there was a new character that came out last time we played it. And so, I mean, they're releasing characters every couple of months. And apparently that's... Right. And they're not releasing campaign content. They're doing balance patches, which is good. Um, right. So it's not completely abandoned. But we've seen a lot of esports cuts in Blizzard. I mean, Heroes of the Storm has been completely gutted. Overwatch is kind of teetering. Um and and we'll see where that goes and starcraft could be on the chopping block next because especially if overwatch is making a lot of money still and and starcraft isn't then starcraft esports could be in danger 
Yeah. So I don't know if you know who Mark Cuban is. He's a famous entrepreneur in America. He's on the show Shark Tank. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also the owner of uh, the Dallas Mavericks, which is an NBA basketball team. Very famous, kind of outspoken guy. Well, I was watching an interview with him recently, and he said that esports, at least in America, are a terrible business. And he he was basically saying it's because the meta shifts so often that it's impossible to build us or not impossible, but very challenging to build a solid roster because maybe these guys are good in the current meta and then the meta shifts. And now, yeah, they're now not they're top not top anymore. anymore. Yeah. And I, I, on the one hand, I get what he's saying, but I actually think it's a little short sighted because, and here I am sports balling again on our video game podcast, but <laughs> there's still games. Yeah, there we go. But like in the NBA, for example, in the last 10 years, you've seen this huge revolution uh, of because stats and an- analytics and, and data driven analysis have have really come in to the forefront in the NBA that the NBA is totally different. I mean, you're not an NBA fan at all, but you probably know who Shaquille mm-hmm. O'Neal is. Right? Yeah. So Shaquille O'Neal, giant guy, right? That's probably what you yeah. know about him. Massive dude. Jeannie in a boombox. Who, yeah, there you go. <laughs> So he, when he played in in basketball up until through that point and until probably about you know nine ten years ago, there was always like dominant big men, and in, in in order to be considered like a real contender, it's like well you've got to have a, a big guy like a seven footer who's really really good. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be your best player, right. but you've got to be really solid at that position. Um. And then in the last 10 years or so, because of this stats revolution, this data revolution that's happened, that's not the case anymore. Seven footers play 25 feet from the basket um, because now more three pointers are attempted than at any point in time in NBA history, which are really far from the basket. And, and so my point is, is that that's an example of the meta shifting in basketball. Well, and and I think, you know, I, I feel like his quote is also a little bit misguided as well because a lot of, especially in Korea, a lot of uh, StarCraft pro gamers, when they leave the pro game scene, they go to poker because there's mm. so much in common of being able to hedge your bets, uh, playing with inaccurate information and not knowing, you know, you don't know what's in your opponent's hand. You have to be able to, there's a lot of mind games. I watched. I watched a, a, a pro game recently. I don't remember. It was. It may have even been the same game that you were talking about earlier. But it was a Terran player who did something that was only a mind game for the mini map. He faked a drop on the mini map that didn't have units in it, and saw on, on the mini map his opponent react. And then canceled the fake out. So it was like this double fake. But it was all... None of it happened on the main... They, they didn't drop into the base. They didn't make it. They were like halfway across the map. Showed a drop moving to force the army out of position. And then attacked it at the other spot. Mm-hmm. And it's like... That's a, that's a level of bluffing that you... Right. And you've got to be able to... Uh, do you call the person on that bluff? Are they right. are they moving the medevacs underneath my observer on purpose to try to mm-hmm. get me out of position? So like a lot of those players move to poker because they've and they've they're they're good at playing under stress, especially if you're a pro gamer. You're playing in front of audiences. You're playing 
and you've got to keep a straight face. You're on camera. Your opponent can see you're on camera. Like they can tell if they're getting if you if it's a best of seven, and you lose the first match really bad. If you show any anger or any emotion at all, your opponent will know. Like I get to cheese you next round because I'm going to capitalize on your anger. I'm going to make you even. Right. I'm going to I'm going to play really stinky so you get even more mad. Right. And it's just that whole mind games thing. That's like an MMA match or a boxing match where they stand next to each other and try to be tough guy and, you know, Mm -hmm. or be silly to try to upset the tough guy thing. Like there's a whole level of mind games to it. I think that's just really interesting that there's a, there's a meta level of strategy beyond just the meta of the, the pieces on the board. Right. And where I can understand where if a chessboard's pieces had rules updates every six months, it could be difficult to keep up with that. Um, I don't know. I think there's another level to it that of uh, that makes a pro gamer. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's. Um, I think it's interesting. I think it'll be interesting to see as as we've talked about before how esports continue to develop and continue to, to become more and more mainstream and more and more widely accepted but i i'm curious if we'll ever have you know like you know if starcraft makes it for another 30 years or dota or league of legends or whatever then they will be like the nfl or the because it'll have been established for that long now starcraft is is the closest to that i mean it's been going for a long time now but it's split there's still brood war major brood war tournaments right they're not insignificant ones they're not in the U.S., such hard, but <laughs> such a hard game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I think just I guess to where we started with that was just I don't know what StarCraft Three would be, and even if they were going to sell more co-op content, I don't know how that's a standalone title. And not that it can't exist, just simply, I mean, I'm not, I don't work there, yeah, so I don't know. Right. But uh, I, I would be curious as to what that could actually be because graphically, you know, visually. I just not that it couldn't look better. I am sure it could look better if it was made today from scratch versus 2010. But how much better? Right. Like the jump from Brood War to modern StarCraft is, is like huge. wow, that's huge. Right. I think the but, only way that it could be that big of a jump would be like VR. <laughs> I, I kind of had a similar thought earlier when we were talking. Like yeah, to like, be that significant, it could be prettier, but to be a, as big of a jump as Brood War was to SC2 is right. Yeah. Right. All right, well, that'll be all for our episode today. As always, if you'd like to interact with us, you can find us on Twitter at P-U-Y-S-Pod, all one word. And if you like this episode, please do rate, star, thumbs up, and review us wherever you're listening. It really does make a difference. If you want more of Walker's insights, you're more than welcome to check out his other podcast, The Walk Show, everywhere where podcasts are found.